0: This week, let's talk about email lists and putting together emails that engage your customers and lead to sales. There's so much annoying email marketing out there. Let's look at the right way to do it. My guests are Robin Kennedy, and this is episode 284 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This podcast is all about marketing your business and growing your business and for talking about all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a consultant, speaker and trainer from Edinburgh, helping you keep your marketing simple. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance podcast. Thank you as always, for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate you taking the time to plugging me and my guests into your earphones. Let's talk about email marketing. Now, if you listen to the marketing gurus, the marketing experts, they will tell you that email lists are probably one of the most important parts of your marketing tactics. And to be honest, I actually agree with that. But let's face it, there's a lot of really crap email marketing out there. I mean, how many times have you subscribed to a list, perhaps because you wanted to get your hands on an interesting PDF booklet or an ebook, only then to be bombarded with endless, useless, annoying emails? To the point where you get so annoyed that you hit that big red subscribe button. Don't you actually wish that there really was a great big red unsubscribe button you could bash when you get those annoying emails? Today I'm talking to Rob and Kennedy about the right way to do email marketing. To do it in an engaging way rather than an enraging way, which fits with my ethos of engage don't enrage. Rob and Kennedy also have a fascinating backstory. One's a hypnotist, one is a mind reader. One has red hair, the other has bleach blonde hair. They're really interesting guys. And please stay to the end of the episode because they've got a free gift for the listeners of the Marketing and Finance podcast. You can get your hands on their free ebook. It's called Click Tricks. And as its name would suggest, it gives you some great ideas on how to up your game with your email marketing. The so much really interesting stuff in this episode. So let's get straight into that interview with Robin Kennedy right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Robin Kennedy, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast.
1: Hello, Roger.
0: Thanks for having us. Guys, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. You've got a really interesting backstory, which I'd like to investigate before we start talking about the main subject of today, which is email marketing. And you guys are pretty big experts in email marketing. But I want to have a look at that backstory. Now, one of the things that I've got a bit of an issue with at the moment is, I, I don't know about you, I know you run your own podcast as well, I tend to get pitches every day from podcast guest agencies and those podcast guest agencies usually send pretty dire pitches now of course your pitch when you sent it to me stood out straight away i think one of the headlines was that you both one of you is a mind reader one of you as a hypnotist it also said that one of you's got bleach blonde hair the other one's got red hair and you look like a boy band from the 1980s i mean how could i resist having a chat to somebody who comes across with a with a pitch like that so I immediately want to find out a little bit more about Rob and Kennedy and your backgrounds and why you think you look like an 80s boy band.
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, I think everyone thinks we look like an 80s boy band or a 90s boy band, but here's the thing. Um, Our story is unusual. You're right. A hypnotist and a mind reader walk into your email inbox. What's that all about? So um, I'm Rob, by the way. Hello. I'm the one with the red hair. Arthur Rob, Arthur Red, uh, no more clues. Kennedy is the- um, Good looking, uh, sexy, funny one. Kennedy's the other one. We'll say Kennedy's the other one. And so I'm a hypnotist. For the past 18 years now, I've been lucky enough really to travel almost all over the world, performing my show as a hypnotist, hypnotizing people, making them do crazy things, hilarious things, and then sending them back to the audience as normal as they were when they came up at the beginning. Kennedy is a mind reader. Folks in the US call that a mentalist. That means something quite different in the UK. <laughs> And basically that means that he uses the skills like psychology and understanding people and reading body language and statistics and figuring people out to make it look like create the illusion of being able to read their minds. And again, been doing that for like 18 years. And we met about 20 years ago, just before we both kind of went professional, if you like, full-time as entertainers, we met at a magic convention and became mates. And we started swapping notes back and forth about what he was doing with his business and what I was doing with my business. And very early on, we realized that we had accidentally started a business. All we really wanted to do was the thing we were passionate about, which was to get up and perform this thing that we were, we were perfecting. And along the way, along the way with that, we also had to find a way to brand ourselves and, and that's where the hair came in partially. Uh, pricing, positioning, how do we market ourselves? How do we get booked and still charge a decent amount of money? And very quickly, other entertainers started to notice that we were two things. We were busy and we were expensive. Now, bearing in mind, I'd just come out of sixth form. Kennedy had just graduated university, and we both went straight into having this business. So neither of us have ever had a job. We've never poured a cup of coffee before in a in a in a in a coffee shop. We've never worked in a bar or cleaned anything. We've always just gone straight into this this business route. And so we quickly became, like I said, expensive and busy. And other entertainers would put in fake inquiries, you know, like marjorie62 at gmail.com or whatever would be a fake email address to find out how much we were charging. And so this led to us coaching other entertainers how we were doing what we were doing. And our primary vehicle For getting gigs and getting repeat gigs and getting referred as gigs was email because neither of us wanted to talk to people, neither of us wanted to pick up the phone and cold call to try and get booked for, you know, the next corporate do for whoever. And so that led to us figuring out how to do email. And we kind of just both independently did it for a few years until one day we both said, I've started building an email list. And uh, so I, And this, this conversation emerged. And over the next few years, we basically just, as I said, initially doing it for ourselves, then being asked how we were doing it by other entertainers. And then a few years ago, maybe four years ago, we were asked to go, we would started a software business together, a separate business. And we were asked to go and speak at a marketing event for small businesses. And we said... Uh, Okay. I don't know why us, but okay. We went along and we shared our approach to email marketing and it appeared to us that it was so radically different to what general email marketing looks like. All the stuff we tried to fix with email marketing, that actually it really captured the imagination of small online businesses, bricks and mortar businesses, professional services companies. It really captured their attention as being a way they could stand out. And so since then, we've been lucky enough to work with hundreds, maybe thousands of businesses around the world in every sector and vertical, you can imagine, to help them revolutionize the way that they do email marketing in their their business and become the email marketing heroes of their business. So we still perform, although it's been a little bit quiet with the pandemic on doing shows has been difficult. Uh, we still perform and go out and, and do that stuff. And um, you just spend a lot of time traveling, a small amount of time performing, sometimes fly in for 12 hours to do a, to do a one hour show. And so in that time, we get to run this other cool business and share our stuff to do with email. Funnily enough, Rob,
0: my father was a general practitioner and he was also a qualified hypnotist, a medical hypnotist. I don't know whether there's such a thing, but he was a a hypnotist. And one of his party pieces was he was always able to turn my mother off she had this code word i probably shouldn't say it on the air just in case she's listening and it and it switches her off but he had this code word it it literally all he needed to do was say this code word and she'd just go splat onto her fall back onto the chair or lie down or whatever it is and go into a deep sleep and then she could he could get her to do things but he did say to me one time roger The thing about hypnotism is that you can never get somebody to do something that they genuinely don't want to do, i.e. say you were a heavy smoker, you couldn't go to a hypnotist and say, hypnotize me to give up smoking because deep down you don't want to give up and therefore the hypnotist cannot overcome that ingrained
2: desire. Is that right? It is. And on that note, I mean, one of the things we really pioneered, and when I say pioneered, I mean made up, because let's be honest, pioneered and made up mean exactly the same thing. So one (laughs) of the things that we made up, but we'll call it pioneered, is psychology-driven email marketing. In other words, how do we take the same things that I do on stage as a hypnotist and Kennedy does on stage as a mind reader to influence and persuade people through email. Now, influence and persuasion can sometimes be seen as grubby words, as dirty Mm. words. We don't want to be persuading people and influencing them. And again, the same strategy applies, just like a hypnotist can't make anyone say or do anything against their natural morals, values, or beliefs, as we typically word it in my show basically we're not about, and somebody said this to me recently, oh, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be getting under the skin of my subscribers and influencing them and changing their behavior. And it's not that about that at all. For us, it's all about being able to say, okay, great. How do I, it's a little bit like back in the day uh, when people started teaching guy, you know, there's the book of the game by Neil Strauss about how to pick up girls was how it was described. Mm-hmm. How guys can go out on a night out. Again, actually all that stuff is, if you strip all of the sleeves off it, all that actually is, is have a wash. Learn some jokes, be charming and personable, and somebody might fancy you. Wear wear nicer clothes, and somebody might fancy you. And so that's what we're looking to do with email is we want to just present ourselves, our business, our products in the most attractive way possible by using some of this clever psychology stuff. And so, yes, yes, that's true. What you've just said is true. Uh, And the same should apply when it comes to selling anything too. And another
0: thing you said, which I was quite um, surprised by, given the fact that you're both performers and given the fact that you both spend time on stage and presumably in front of small audiences, medium sized audiences and, and bigger audiences, that you, you don't actually like picking up the phone. You don't like cold calling. Now, I would have thought perhaps because you're both quite extrovert in your, um, in your performance that you that wouldn't have been a problem for you.
1: Like when you're on stage, you con- you completely control the environment. Mm. You decide, I know the exact thing I'm going to say first, and I know I'm going to go, I know what's going to happen, and I can plan the whole thing. Whereas actually the idea, and also everybody who you're talking to wants to see you. You're, you're the invited guest. You're not the unwelcome pest, you know? Mm. So wh- people come into the theatre or they come into that event and they're like, yes, you're going to be funny or it's going to be amazing, whatever. Great. The opposite is true when you're calling people and going, hey, can I sell you a thing that you didn't even know you wanted or whatever? That's really, really tricky. Which again, we try to create that same environment in our email marketing. We get people to join our email lists who actually want to hear from us? And that's a really, really key thing. If you feel like your email marketing is being a pest, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it the wrong way around. You want to have not necessarily a huge whopper of an email list of people who just hate hearing from you, think you're a dirty, rotten spammer. What you want instead is a bunch of people who, when you email them, can't wait to see what value you're going to drop into their email inbox, however often you're emailing them. So that's what you want to do. You want to make it so that. Everyone wants to hear from you. There is value there. Some of that value might be entertainment. Some of that value might be that they're learning some stuff as well. There must be a
0: lot of people out there though, that pedal the wrong thing and people believe them. Now I'm thinking here of, you know, how you get the LinkedIn request from somebody and you think, actually, do you know what? Their profile looks all right. That person's in a similar sort of industry to me, quite like to see the list of, um, hobbies and that sort of thing. So yes, I'll click accept the connection. And then literally within about 13 seconds, you get the pitch email from them, the direct message, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And, you know, I, I often subscribe to email lists Because I'm a marketing guy, I like to see what people are doing. Sometimes I want to register for a webinar. And again, almost immediately you've subscribed, you start getting bombarded, sometimes two, three, four times a day. I mean, some of these these webinar people, you know, they really do ratchet it up, don't they? And if you're unlucky enough um, that it's an American who works on the... uh, the LA side of the uh, American coast, and they're eight hours different. You can go to bed and wake up the following morning and there are eight emails on the hour, every hour from them saying, listen to the webinar. Don't forget the webinar. Please don't forget the webinar. The webinar's in four hours' time.
2: But somebody must be telling these people that that's okay. But it isn't, it isn't. I I think a lot of the time we're trapped down by this thing of, well, that's how it's always been done and that's how it works. And the old philosophy of email marketing used to be, and I'm going to quote somebody else here, um, used to be build a massive email list or as big as you can, and then beat them over the head with messages, like just mass broadcasted messages until they buy, die or unsubscribe. One of those three things (laughs) things is always going to happen. They're always going to either buy, die or unsubscribe. And that is how the long, for the longest time, email marketing was seen. And it it, it was seen that way because that worked. And the reason it worked that way is first, First of all, it was quite novel. Um, the, the master of direct response marketing, Dan Kennedy, you know, years ago, Kennedy signed up to his email list, right? And Dan Kennedy's this big revered guru of direct response marketing, of course. And uh, and Kennedy signed up to his list, and a few minutes later, he gets an email saying, you know, Hi Kennedy, this story's a bit weird because the guy's called Dan Kennedy, and I'm talking about Kennedy. Just <laughs> call them Dan and Kennedy. Don't Dan and Kennedy. Call so Dan Dan. Dan, because you know we're on we're on first name terms. I'm just gonna I'm gonna call him. De, uh, no, Dan. Call yeah. so well, well, him the Big D. <laughs> I'm not calling him that. Dan sends out an email to his list and it starts with hi, Kennedy at the top of it. And you know, if we were on his list, it would say, hi, Rob, or hi, Roger. And Kennedy jumps for joy. Oh my God. Dan Kennedy, the Dan Kennedy has sent me an email because of course we did like, we're so new to it that we didn't realize that you could merge people's names into. So we're talking that long ago, like emails come on a lot, a lot since then, but all that time ago, you can see why build a massive list and just broadcast at them until they buy and unsubscribe worked because not every man, woman, and their dog had an email list. And we weren't on loads of email lists about every topic imaginable. You know, it's only relatively recently that people outside of the sort of um, marketing and business space have started to build lists. Now you can go to somebody's list about flower arranging or jewelry making or crocheting, and you can join their email list. And now they're using this stuff to email you as well. So everyone's on loads of lists about the stuff you've got to be on their list about, about like gas and electricity bills through to the stuff you want to be on, like your business or your hobbies. And so that means that we have to do this differently. And so one of the things that we really do, and again, it, it harks back to the stuff we've learned from being entertainers, is to make sure that the day that somebody joins your email is the day that you, is the day that you begin to set context and set the rules and that's a really important thing you can do anything you want with your email list as long as they're expecting it You've, you've sold it to them as something they want, even if it's free. And and, and then you follow through on, on your expectations. So we email our list. I hope everyone's sitting down at this point, like put the kids down or a bottle of wine down or whatever types, you know, pull over maybe if you're driving the car right now. We email our list every day, 365 days of the year, even on Christmas day. And we make sales on Christmas day every year as well. And basically the reason why we do that and the reason why that's okay is because it's our list, it's our rules we, if you want to join our email list and receive our daily emails, that's totally fine. If you don't, that's totally fine as well. And the minute somebody joins our list, we send them the, our the sort of welcome sequence. It's a four day email sequence called the getting to know you sequence where we just set the rules. We say, Hey, well, this is the rules of engagement. Just like when you go into the theater, you know, that you're going to sit down at the in a seat that's got, you know, your, your, you've got your seat number on your ticket. And that's where you're going to sit. You're not going to sit in the next seat next year. Cause that's where somebody else will be sat. I'm going to sit here. We're all going to face the front. We're not going to talk to each other. If we eat sweets, we're going to try and do it quietly. We're not going to heckle the act while they're on stage. We're not going to sing along if its lame. is. We're just going to say, you know, you kind of know the rules. And so um, we want to set those rules in place when somebody joins our list. We're going to email you every day. That's going to be good because, and tell them why it's good. We're going to share hints, tips, ideas, and inspiration to help you to whatever your thing is, whatever your service or product is. And then um, that sets the rules. And if people want to get out at that point, if they want to unsubscribe, that's totally fine. They're more than welcome to do that. But the people who do hang around, what you end up doing is building a much smaller, but a much more engaged list of people who, as Kennedy kind of hinted at before, really want to hear from you.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important, isn't it? Because we definitely have moved on from the days of having The gurus tell you, you need to be building 60,000, 100,000, 200,000, a million people on your email list. It's so much better to have a smaller engaged following than it is to have an unengaged and rather enraged load of people on your list. Now... In terms of, again, advice from the gurus, you would always hear, the first thing you do is come up with a lead magnet. Then you get people subscribed. Then you've got your sequence. Now, you've mentioned a sequence of four emails there, but a lot of people refer to it as a sales funnel. And again, is, is that the thing that's that's different about what you do? Ultimately, you're wanting to sell stuff, and you, you've said you sell stuff on Christmas Day, etc. But you're not going into it with the mindset of, I'm beating my list over the head with sales messages, you're actually creating a relationship with them over time so that when you do ask to sell them something, they actually want to buy as opposed to, again, I'm thinking it's the more traditional route is get them on the list and then feed them to the end of the funnel, which is always the sales pitch.
1: Totally. I mean, so one of the things you've got to remember is there's a couple of bits I want to sort of pull out on that. The first is this idea of the lead magnet. Let's think about what happens if we have a freebie, a free gift on our website, whether that be a voucher or a discount or a free report or a video, whatever it is, shiny thing, a quiz, they're all the rage these days. When people put their email address in to get that thing, they put their email address in and that is their investment. That's the currency they're using to purchase the thing that you're giving away. It's not free. The cost to that, that, that person is their email address and the fact that they're going to have to get emails from you probably. And they know that. Nobody doesn't know that anymore. Let's pretend let's not pretend they do. So then what happens is, so they purchase the thing and the cost of that thing is, is their email address. Great. The next thing that happens is they get an email from you with that thing in the mind of that person. So look at the psychology of that loop there of expectation and actually what's, what's delivered that transaction is now complete. They have purchased the free download with their email address and you've sent them the free download. So if at that point you then just start randomly emailing people, whether it's once a day, three times a week, whatever, that is not expected. That's going to come out of the blue. That's not going to be something that's going to get a really good result for you because there's no expectation there. They're like, well, I just wanted the damn free thing. So... (laughs) So how do we fix that? There's a couple of things you can do. One of them is by using that, what Rob just talked about, the getting to know you sequence, that welcome sequence, which tells the person, this is what's going to happen. Hiya. Thanks, Roger, for downloading my thing. Here's the thing, but also I'm going to help you ongoing because we've got to remember that our email subscribers are in our world because they've got a problem and they believe you might have the solution. They're not on your email list for any other reason. At all. They're not in your email inbox, they're not on your email list and getting your emails their email inbox because they need a new friend or they enjoy sorting emails into different folders. Like, there's none of those other reasons at all. The reason they're there is because they've got a problem. They believe you have a solution. So the first thing we want to do is make sure we say, look, here's the first piece of that solution. Here's the lead magnet, the free gift. But here's what I'm going to do going forward. Going forward, I'm going to show up. This is how often three times a week, five times a week, seven times a week, one times a year, whatever. And I'm going to show up with a new hint, a new tip. So we email our subscribers every day and give you a little tip about email marketing. The only reason to be on our email list is if you want to improve your email marketing. So we're actually going to show up and help. And of course, that means you can move people into saying, hey, by the way, rather. (laughs) this is one of the things that frustrates me, right? We hear people saying, Oh, I've got a 30 day nurture sequence before I offer somebody something for sale. I'm like, What? Let's imagine, right? I call nine 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 because my legs hanging off and there's blood squirting up my wall, and I say to them, "Hi, uh, can you come and pick us up, please?" And the ambulance rocks up at my door, and we they go and we go to the hospital, and my legs hanging off and there's blood splurt everywhere, and the and the doctor comes over and goes, "Now, before I fix that, um, let me tell you how I got started as a doctor." You see, my my parents were very poor, and now we're going to this this hero's journey of a story, which takes 30 days, I'll have died. (laughs) I'll be dead. If the best thing you've got to solve the biggest problem in your audience's world is the thing you sell, and it should be, we want to make sure they've got the opportunity to get it quickly. And here is the big difference they have to have the opportunity to get it. You don't have to be Horrendous about giving them the opportunity to get it. So in that first email, you could say, by the way, here's your, here's your free gift. Um, here's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna send you an email every day, which will help you out. And by the way, if you really want to accelerate your fixing this problem, you know, so have an appointment with me, whatever it's gonna be, then here's where you go and click to book a calendar or whatever it's gonna be. So let's make sure we don't forget why people are on your email list in the first place. No, I like
0: that. And and setting the rules is just so obvious, isn't it? But it's just something that isn't... I, I, I've not heard anybody describe it like the two of you have just described it to me there, but it seems so obvious now you have described it to me. Why isn't this the
2: advice that's being given by all of the gurus, you know? <laughs> I think, I think the whole list building email marketing thing, we've just sort of accepted culturally that our businesses have accepted that actually just that's what it is. People join your list and we sort of, you know, every once in a while, once a month we'll scoot together and, you know, take ages building this monthly newsletter that nobody wants to read. And it's, you know, three years long and they send it and they, they send it and then they run away and put their fingers in their ears just because at least they've done it then. And they hope that like not so many people unsubscribe and not too many people report them as spam. And if they're really lucky, and you know, if, if, every, if all the stars are aligned and the wind's blowing in the right direction, they might happen to get the right people to open it, the right people to click, uh, and the right people to look at the offer who actually want to buy it at that moment in time. It's very much just a hope marketing. You know, They're mm. throwing out a, an email like a boomerang and hoping it comes back with some money. And the, you know, the chance of that lining up is fairly slim. Yeah, and I
0: I work quite a lot with companies in the UK financial services industry, and a lot of the companies have existing email lists that they've created, maybe not through lead magnets in in the in the sense that we've been talking about, but they're simply taken on board a client, probably face to face, they've sold them an investment bond, or they've sold them some life insurance or something like that, and they've got them on their database. So they've built an email list maybe in a slightly different way. Admittedly, there are some newer companies that will have created an email list in the the way of, of selling a lead magnet or something like that. And there's even, you know, a big market in the financial services industry today for buying email lists. Now, I do the marketing for a, a very big financial services conference that happens once a year. Uh, well, it did until the uh, the pandemic. Fortunately, it's, ba- it's back on track now. And I'm frequently approached by data companies saying, we've oh, got a list of 10,000 people in the UK financial service industry. Do you want to buy this list off us? And, you know, notwithstanding any GDPR concerns, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, wow, 10,000 people. Let's get that in, in inputted into our database and let's see how many sales we can get out of that. What, what's your view on buying lists like that?
1: Let's remember that we want to have people who, we want to be the entertainer. We don't want to be the Pest, right? Mm. So again, that's a pest thing. So there, there are ways around this. Like if you're going to reach out to people that you you talked about when we when when we reached out to you, make sure you do it in a way that's not the same boring old bland stuff. But for the most part, you're much better off to attract people and do attraction marketing. Permission marketing is what Seth Godin called it, Mm. right? Like you want to bring people in, have a compelling reason. Now, if you're thinking, well, I want to do I want to do a broadcast to this and I want to buy a, a database of 10k people all right you can definitely do it it's definitely a strategy does it work don't know it could it definitely could. we don't buy databases we I've definitely tested it for my entertainment business back in the day the results were shockingly low it's just so bad not worth doing in your industry it might work. here's the thing though you want to make sure that your communication gets people's attention. And then it moves them into a conversation with you, where you have their permission to continue that conversation. So, in general, I would say no, don't do it. The best people I'll tell you who's making really good money from selling um, those those email email lists. It's the people selling the email lists. It's not really, <laughs> I don't know anybody who's making a great return from sent from mailing those lists. That makes sense. That makes sense. So thinking
0: about. Some of those companies that I've mentioned today who've probably created a list purely from customers that they've met face to face and they've sold them a product. Maybe that's slightly different uh, list than the ones no. we traditionally talk about in digital marketing. What, do, How do I start engaging with a list of existing clients like that if I'm not already doing so?
2: Now, this is great, because those are potentially some of your best potential uh, new customers. I said potentially, mm. potentially there. Yeah. Uh, potentially, they've got the best potential. Um <laughs> uh- because they've cost their customers, right? They've already engaged with their what we call—they have a credit card or a bank account, and they know how to use it, right? Which is what we're looking for. Mm. And so, uh, but if you haven't emailed them for a while, then there's a, or, if, or ever, then there is a little bit of you have to do to be careful there, and it won't be quite as potent of an audience as if you know they joined your list today from buy, buying something and you email them every every day. And um, so here's what we're looking to do: we have a thing that we created called the terrible friend campaign, and it is so simple to do. And this applies really whether they're customers or not. You know, even if they just gave you their email address at some trade show ages ago or some exhibition or something ages ago or a conference, this this kind of thing still applies. And basically what you're looking to do is uh, to send it out again, you only want to do this to sort of what we consider to be permission-based, which is they come into your world and they give you their details either by buying something or opting in, and then you haven't emailed them for a while. And the first email, the terrible friend email, basically goes out and the subject line is I've been a terrible friend or we've been a terrible friend. And basically it says, um, hey, Roger, um, I've been a terrible friend. You joined our list back in whenever. By taking action, so you joined our list back in April 2019 by buying this uh, amazing audit. Uh, isn't that cool? And and ever since then, we've kind of just left you alone, but there's a good reason for it. We've been busy working on and then paragraph that explains what you've been doing and why that's ultimately good for them. In other words, you're positioning the thing you do every day as the reason why you've been too busy to email them. Which, if we're all honest with ourselves, <laughs> is the truth, right? Uh, even if you post justifying it, it's still the truth. And so now, what you do is you get to follow up and say, but. I realised that we could be of higher service to you. We could be of higher value to you. You see, you you came into our world because you wanted help with X, and we've been quiet. So here's what we're going to do. Going forward, from this point forward, we're going to send three emails a week, or five emails a week, or one email a week, or whatever. We're going to send X emails a week, whatever you can can do and stick to. Consistently, we're going to email you X times a week, and we're going to share with you hints, tips, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you to big results. So to help you with your email marketing, to help you to, you know, keep on top of your business finances, to help you, uh, you know, avoid, you know, um, uh, plan for tax better and those kind of things. I and mean, he said, avoid tax, uh, plan for tax better, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, you've
0: right? got to be careful about the words you use, but yeah. I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: help you plan for tax better. We're going to help you to whatever end result is, right? Um, if that sounds great, you don't have to do anything. Just keep an eye on your inbox and watch out for my name appearing in your inbox. It'll all start in two days time where I'll send you a video. I've just shot a two minute video. That's going to teach you to something important. Watch out for it. Speak soon. Roger. P.S. If this sounds like hell and you don't ever want to hear from us again, that's totally fine. Just scroll down the bottom, click the big unsubscribe button. In fact, if you can, if your platform allows it, you could even put one in that sentence. Um, Click here to unsubscribe and you'll never hear from us again. And then uh, a couple of days later, as promised, in fact, in that email, we even tell them the subject line of what the next email is going to be. So they know to watch out for it. And then two days later, as promised, you send them this email. Um, And we've got like members in our programs. We've got a membership called the League of Email Marketing Heroes and that kind of thing. We've got members in our program who've come in and they say, I've got a list of 500 people who've at some point opted in for something or bought something, and I've never emailed them. So what do I do? And we tell them this strategy and give them the emails to take and use. And the level of engagement, they're blown away by it. Sure. You get a bunch of people unsubscribe. What would you expect? But you know, you'd know, you rather have, there's no point in having a list of a million people you're too frightened to email. Right? So what they end up doing is sure they get a whole bunch of people unsubscribe, but they're always amazed by the number of people who stick around and actively reply saying, oh, this is so, This the timing couldn't be better. Like we're just about to go into our Q3 planning and oh my God, we needed you right. Where have you been? We're so excited that you're here. And they get a flood of nice replies from people too. And this is, Again, people replying, saying thank you for your emails is a thing that we experience every week. But when that happens for the first time, that's the first, when people adopt our strategies, that's the first thing they hear. Is they see it's not a surge of sales because that takes a bit of time, but it's, a, it's the flood of replies saying, this is great, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're in my inbox. And the the refreshing thing to have people on your list replying saying, this is amazing, thank you for this, uh, is, is really powerful. So that's how we do it. We want to re-engage people using this idea of the terrible friend campaign.
0: Do you know... I know that there are a lot of people listening to this episode of the Marketing and Finance podcast that are in exactly this situation. You're listening to it now. I know you are. You've got a bunch of people on your list that you've probably not talked to for a year, maybe two two years, maybe five years. What I really want you to do, having listened to what was just talked about is maybe even rewind this part of the podcast and listen to it again and try that technique because it seems to me that it will work. It's an engaging way to re-engage with people who you've probably forgotten about. And I know that you're, that those of you listening to the show are in that situation. So robin kennedy even that one snippet of information that gem of information people can take action on that right now now you sort of answered my next question to a large degree by what you've said but we do know there's a lot of email stuff out there it's positively enraging You know, i will get emails that i've subscribed to lists and i'll delete them because i'll think you know almost like fuck you i just i'm just not one to read that you're sending out an email a day and yet, that's fine. You've asked permission, but what do you do to keep that email engaging, consistently engaging so that you are always having that desire from your list to stay subscribed rather than, you know, annoying people and making them hit that red unsubscribe
1: button? The only way to email email consistently, not run out of ideas of what to send and simultaneously make it consistently engaging. So people literally complain when you miss one. Yeah. Like we email seven days a week. And I remember I was on a flight home from, we've been speaking in Las Vegas. We've been fly, flying home and because of a certain airline, I won't name British Airways, uh, I was um, I was delayed. And, uh, <laughs> and actually missed my email that day. We got a bunch of emails saying, is Kennedy okay? What's happened? I was supposed to get an email from you. So when you, to get to that level of engagement with people, you have to do one really simple thing. And people are going to be like, what have these guys been, you know, are these guys crazy? And that is stop emailing to tell people about your products and services. Right? I know yeah. that sounds crazy, but if the only thing that people get from you is an email that tells them about the newest investment, the newest thing, the newest product, the new service, what's happening in the market, or whatever, then the only reason to open your emails is when they're interested already in buying or investing with you. It doesn't matter how good your content is because they're already partway down the line of investing with you. So what do we actually email about if it's not just to tell people about What it is that you've got available. Instead, what we're going to do is we're going to look after what we call the emotional needs of your audience. And that means it's all of the stuff that your crowd actually cares about in addition to the thing you talk about. Give you an example, just first-hand example from the stuff that we do. So we know that most of the people who are in our world, who listen to our podcast, the email marketing show, who come along and hear about us talking on other podcasts about email marketing, we know that they're usually micro businesses, maybe a person working from home or from a small office with maybe an assistant or a virtual or some kind of small virtual team. So what else do we know that they care about? We wrote all these things down, and we'll keep adding to this. We know they care about the working from home work-life balance. We know they care about dealing with the fact you're working from home and the kids are around or the pets are around or the fact there's so many things I could go on and on and on that our audience really care about. The fact you're doing an interview and the Amazon man always knocks on the door at that exact time. All these things that your audience can resonate with, they go, oh God, I share that thing. If you can show up each day or whenever With these stories about the things that are going on in your life, that helps your audience resonate. It helps them go, oh, yeah, that's me too. But you don't want it just to be this sort of frivolous, oh, the diary of Roger Edwards. What's the, oh, there was a bit of snow on the car this morning. Who cares? No. Yes, there is going to be a level of identifying with the story, and there is value in stories. That's why we all watch Netflix and Prime and all these other services. Yeah, of course, there is value there. But then what we're going to do is we're going to use this framework that we created called SLO. Story is the first part of that, the story. The innocuous, random, little thing that happened to you that was a really good way of finding what this thing is, by the way, is to ask yourself this psychologically crafted question, and that is, What is the least boring thing that happened to me in the last 24 hours? We'll not go into the the psychology of why that question works so well, but you can probably start to pick up on some of it. What's the least boring thing? And it will not be related to what it is you sell. It'll not be related to that thing. So it might be the fact that finally the electrician has committed to a date to come and do (laughs) the work in my house. That's the least boring thing that happened to me in the last 24 hours. He's finally going to go and put a plug just over there. Great. So that's got nothing to do with email marketing. It's got nothing to do with probably what you do, unless you're an electrician, right? That's fine. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to transition from that telling that story and I'm talking about 50, 100 words, maybe. Just tell that story. Your audience will identify with it and they go, oh, I get that. I get that. You're just speaking my language. That's great. You're going to transition into the second part of this formula, which is the lesson. Story, lesson. What is the moral of the story? What is the lesson, the piece of value I can extract from that? And the lesson is going to be one of your morals about your business. So for us, it could be, I'm just making this up because I haven't written this email. This would be my email today, to be honest. It's okay. So the electrician's finally committed to when he's going to show up. So the lesson for our audience might be, how committed are you to showing up when you say you're going to show up? If you say you're going to email every single day, show up every single day. If you're you say you can do it three times a week, show up three times a week. So that's the lesson from it. Then the offer, that's the O, story, lesson, offer. O is where you can then, in one line, and I'm talking in one line, tell people how they can take the next step with you. And, what's, and that could be, so if you want to see how you can show up every single day, then come and listen to our podcast, The Email Marketing Show, or come and join our Facebook group, The Email Marketing Show community. It could be a free offer like that. Or it could be a paid offer. It could be, and we show you how to do that inside of our membership, the League of Email Marketing Heroes. Click here to go and check it out. Story, lesson, offer. And the beautiful thing about this is, if you do this every single time, you no longer need to concern yourself, have that cognitive load, have that resistance about is today a value day where I need to give some value, or is today a offer day where I can actually make an offer. You don't need to worry about that. Every day is those days. Because story, there's value in that. Lesson, there's value in that. Offer, that's where you're asking. Every single day you use the story, lesson, offer framework, you're outweighing the offer by two to one with value and you can't even help it. Fantastic.
0: I really like that that story you made up on the moment. Bloody electricians, I tell you what. So we're sending out all of these emails daily, whatever it might be. How much do we have to worry about open rates and click-through rates? Again, you know, there's figures banded about, aren't there? You know, you've got to be, the open rate's got to be 50%, the click-through rate's got to be 20%. I just made those
2: figures up, but you know what I mean? Right. And the good news is, or the bad news, depends how you want to take it, you can take all of that and you can throw it in the bin. Anyone who says average open rate should be this and average click-through rate should be that. First of all, average of what? Because it varies from industry to industry. If you're selling flower arranging to people who are over 60, you're going to get very different results to if you're selling financial services to young couples. Like, it's going to totally, totally vary. So, well, that's one of the things. The second bit is that, especially in the last 12 months, open rate tracking is just so wildly inaccurate that it's not even worth looking at anymore. So we just... Um, we do a lot of work with um, with uh, the email marketing platform Keep, formerly mm-hmm. known as Infusionsoft. And one of the things that they've just announced they're doing is they're actually removing um, a, a big, I think Kennedy will tell me better than me, that they're either removing that, that, rate, that uh, statistic completely or they're hiding it or something because it's just not worth looking at anymore. You can't really measure anything off what open rates say. So instead we choose to look at one metric, really only one metric. And that is something we created, uh, which is casually known as EPSPM, which stands for earning per subscriber per month. That's what we want to know, right? Is how much money are we earning for each subscriber on our list in a given month? Mm. So the way you calculate it, super simple. I'm sure you're ahead of me already. At the end of a month or the start of the next month, you look back over the last 30 days and you say, okay, great. How many subscribers did we have on our list? And you can kind of pick either the peak or the middle of the month or so whatever you want, really. And then how much money did we make from those subscribers? subscribers in that period of time, and then divide one number by the other. So to keep the maths purely round, because I'm thick, (laughs) let's say that you've got a thousand people on your list and you earn a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars. If you divide the thousand pounds or the thousand dollars by the thousand subscribers, you've made $1 per subscriber that month. And what you're looking to do, and the reason why we like this statistic is, if you were to look at open rates and you were to look at click-through rates, when you start building your list and you get maybe your first 50 or 100 subscribers, those first 50 or 100 subscribers, you're going to see very high percentage open and click-through rates. If you email a list of 50 people, it wouldn't be unusual if you had 60 or 70% of those people genuinely opening that email. Whereas as your list scales to 1,000 people, 10,000 people, 100,000 people, a million people, 100 million people, or whatever, the higher that list grows, the smaller those numbers are likely to become. So you should expect to see a drop in opens and click-through rates if that's the number you're paying attention to. However, The sort of tracking and assessment of earning per subscriber per month grows with the list. It doesn't matter whether you've got a hundred people or a thousand people. You're just looking to see what's the average I made from my list per subscriber. And what that means is you can actually compare how good your email marketing is doing, how effective your email marketing is this month compared to last month, compared to the month before, compared to next month. That way you don't get sort of sucked up into what most people look at, which is how fast is my list growing. Most people want to see most people literally abandon the idea of how much money they're making because they want to see a big list growth. And the reason is that it's easy to sort of uh, focus on this, this vanity metric of how fast is my list growing or how big is my list now? How You know, if I added 500 new subscribers this month, that means that's like taking a step towards the list they want to have one day rather than focusing on how much money can I make from the list that I've actually got right now. So we really focus on this earning per subscriber per month thing, because like I said, it's trackable over a period of time. You can compare how good, how effective you're being now compared to last month or, the, or next month. And so that's what really, matters at the end of the day you can't pay your staff or your bills or your or anything uh, with open rates or click through rates so sure you have to have people opening your emails and you have to have people clicking on the links or replying in order to book a call with you, have an appointment call you out to their home or their office or whatever it is, that whatever your sales process is. You have to have those things happening. And therefore you have to be putting good measurements in, you know, good um, things in place to try and say, well, I want to, I want to use, I want to build a good relationship with people so that when they see my name, they want to open the email. And I want to use good subject lines to top that up a little bit. And I want to use clever call to action strategies in my emails to get people to click on the links or hit reply. You want to, do those things because they're important people can't buy your stuff without doing them but in terms of what you're tracking really just focus on how much money you make for every subscriber each month and you're really gonna you're really gonna be focused in the right direction
0: again really really good advice so thanks so much for that do you know i think that there might be people who started listening to the show today who had that impression in their head you know email marketing it's a bit sleazy it's a bit icky um and maybe People are even thinking, you know, I just don't want to do it for those reasons but I think you've given us so many great ideas today to to change that perception and to actually start doing really good engaging stuff with your email and no doubt we could carry on talking for another hour because the hour has almost flown by now and 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 I've been writing notes so to try and wrap up Rob and Kennedy and I uh, my, my last question is always what's the one big thing you want the listeners of the marketing and finance podcast to get out of all the experience you've had building your business now you've probably already given us loads of one big things. But what is the one big thing about email marketing that everybody listening to the show today should take away from it?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things we have to do is remember that the way that people consume content has completely changed. And email marketing, or the way most people do email marketing, has not stayed the course. It's not caught up with everything else. So rather than seeing email as a sales Channel. Let's see it as the marketing channel it is. In fact, better than that, let's see it as a content channel. People are consuming their emails on their phone. It is another app sitting there snuggled between LinkedIn and TikTok that they are consuming on their phones. So if they're going to be doing that, let's show up with value. Let's show up with content marketing that allows them to engage with our content about stuff they care about. And instead of emailing when you want to make a sale, emails on that you're there when they're ready to buy
0: fantastic i really don't think we should go any further than that rob kennedy it's been fantastic to talk to you this afternoon lots of great ideas and what is the best way that people should get in touch with you apart from email of course
2: so there's really a couple of different places the first thing is we've actually got a really cool little free resource for you if you want to grab that to help you with this stuff as i mentioned before one of the most important things that we do want people to do is to click on the links in our emails to find out more about your products and services so we've put together a little free report that you can grab it's a lead magnet actually you're going to give us your email address and you'll see how we do this stuff in practice let's be honest about it um and so basically uh, it's it's called click tricks and it's 12 really creative ways to get more people to click on the links in every email that you send from the next email you send you don't have to do mountains of work to put this into practice. You can just start using it immediately. So if you want to grab that, just head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash Roger. That's where we put that for you. So you can go and grab that straight away. And then if you like podcasts, uh, Kennedy will tell you more about our podcast.
1: Yeah. If you want to hear Rob and I talking about email marketing every week, having a bit of a laugh as well, um, go over to your podcast favorite place to get the podcast from and look for The Email Marketing Show. I will warn you, it has the single most annoying theme tune of any podcast you've ever listened to
0: which is probably all the more reason to seek it out and have a listen to it. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been really really interesting. You've give me lots of ideas that I will be able to use for my own marketing and hopefully those of you listening to the show today will agree that there's been lots of value today from Rob and Kennedy. Let me wish you all the best for the future guys. And you know Newcastle isn't that far away and I'm often flying through Newcastle on the way to London so no doubt we and we'll probably meet at the next Upreneur summit or something.
2: like. That that cheers roger
0: thanks for listening to the marketing and finance podcast if you enjoyed the show please share it with your friends and colleagues and consider leaving me a review on itunes until the next episode keep marketing your business to keep growing your business